0: Open your mind and join me on this adventure we call life. Welcome back, Creatresses, to the next episode of Cosmic Creatrix. And today I have a special guest on our show who I'm personally inspired by. And she is a beacon for aging gracefully. How many of you have worried about what you will look and feel like when you're reaching into your 40s and 50s and 60s? I have heard from mentors of mine that it's 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 a lot easier for women who weren't over-identified with being beautiful and attached to this kind of idea that society gives us about how a woman should be that but women who have been like attached to their physicality and be looking a certain way tend to have a harder time when it comes to aging because they have a loss of identity and have to like embrace and recreate themselves and this is something i've been thinking a lot about and lisa is just a strong power and voice around clarity inspiration and elevation around this subject so Thank you, Lisa, for saying yes to this show, and I'd love to hear from you how you would introduce yourself to people these days. You've been doing so much inner and professional work.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Robin, for that introduction. So in answer to your larger question, who I am, I loved your introduction. I think you touched on some of the deep and important and nuanced pathways to what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a woman aging in our culture right now. And that's so dear to my heart to unpack all of that stuff, to unpack all of the pieces, all of the things around being a physical body, and especially around how we relate to beauty and power and femininity and age. It's really up for me. And, you know, there's a lot I can talk about about along those lines, but I will give a top level intro to say that A lot of times I'll share my moniker right? as being I'm a speaker, I'm a speaking coach, I'm a podcaster, and I am an actor. But when I think about what the real essence is of what I do and what ties all of those things together is that I help people find their message and tell their story so they can make money, live their purpose, and leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. And all of the things work towards that end. I love to amplify the messages of other people. I love to shine the light. I love to link arms with other women so we can rise up together. Yes, you're all the really ways. good at that, might I add. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I, it's really important to me and really critical to our collective success as women. I think it's our natural state of being, our natural pathway to success, and that we haven't always... Sometimes we've been separated from it, from this culture of competition and comparison that we've grown up in for so many generations. And now people like you and me and the people in our larger circles, we're rewriting those stories to say, no, we don't don't take that on anymore. We're doing it a new way. We're doing it a feminine way. We're going the route of the feminine in terms of being together and not buying all that old stuff, you know? Oh, gosh, it's been
0: such a process. And I'm so glad I'm getting it now at 35 because it, it's like, wow, really? It, it's It's hardwired into my system to feel jealousy or to feel threatened by another woman, even if it's not mine. It might be hers. And I'm feeling it and I'm responding to it. And, oh, man, I am so willing and ready to keep healing that right up by just leading an example, by acting different, by acting as if that's not there.
1: You just touched on something really important. And that is that when we're in the middle of comparison and competition culture, or even the legacy that we have from generations past is we suffer regardless of what side we're on. We suffer if we're the person that is the too much or has more that someone says, Oh, I want to be like you or I wish I had what you have. And we suffer if we're the one feeling that jealousy or feeling that competition. And the only way through like you just referenced is to be in a different story, to practice it, to notice it. And I think this could even have been you. I saw someone recently make mention of the fact that if there's someone who has something that you envy or something that you want, that that's the perfect opportunity just to recognize what you're after and almost to thank her for being a model for what she has and for the possibility of you having it too.
0: Yes. I am so in that practice. Uh, I learned this years ago Um, I'm in that practice of whenever I see something that I really want, that I would really love to have, I celebrate it. I just celebrate the crap out of it. And that feels so good. And then I know now I'm in that vibration. Now I see clearly. And and now I have an example right in front of me of what that looks like and what steps to take.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we're guiding lights for each other and for ourselves, right? What we think and what we do is the constant rewriting of our stories and so every time we take a step forward in the direction that we want to go we're basically telling that story for ourselves and for other people and creating new realities so i i also want to just touch back on something you mentioned about your own experience being 35 and i know What I've noticed and what I've been so excited and surprised by is that as I go deeper into the part of my story, I have a model called the lily pad model. And that is that when you're speaking about your platform and you're finding your platform is that you find the pieces, the three to five lily pads that are parts of your story that can be jumped onto and regardless of what happens, you keep jumping back onto your lily pad because that's the essence of, you know, how you keep up, you know, on the surface of the water. And one of mine is this story around artful aging and how do we, what are the pillars of artful aging that we all have in front of us so that we can age in ways that are powerful and effective. And one of the things that's been most surprising to me is how that story is landing with people, your age, with your generation of women in some ways, it's been the women in their 30s who have been the most excited by my message. I think because they feel that creeping story, that creeping fear that's still embedded in so many of our psyches that, oh my God, I'm getting old. It's so deep. It's so deep. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, I found, I'm finding that that, that's part of my story is really resonating with women your age. And that's really exciting to me.
0: That's so interesting that you say that. As you were saying that, I was feeling goosebumps just rise up through my body and, and because it's true. It's so deeply embedded. I look in the mirror now and I'm thinking, oh, it's happening. It's happening. It's begun. It's I have gray hair now. I have some gray hairs. And I'm not sad about the gray hairs are affected by that, but it's a it's like a signpost. Here we are. Now yep. you know you're not young anymore. No more, no more giggles and missteps and all this stuff. It's like, it, it's now your ha- life is happening now, Robin, be serious, be loving, do all the things that you want to do. Um, how am I relating to myself? How do I feel when my lover looks at me? You know, all those things. And so, yeah, it's, it is like, it's creeping up and to have a beautiful example, to take the relief in the stress, you know, the, to give us some relief of the stress of aging is, is beautiful.
1: I mean, this is part of the story and the complexity, right? Like everything that we do in our lives when we're really tuned into the nuance of being a human being, a delicate human being, a strong and a delicate human being is the opposing sides to it. So it is beautiful. And it's also challenging, right? There's also elements to it that no matter what, no matter how often I say, hey, artful aging, I'm embracing aging, I'm going to tell new stories. Then there's the reality of the fact that I'm a delicate human being who also suffers pain, either through the circumstances of being a human being who's going to suffer grief and loss, or just because I'm still dealing with the inner parts of myself that are attached to my physical body. Yeah. So that's why in my in my model of artful aging, there are four pillars. And the four pillars of artful aging are optimized, which means making the best of everything you have, whether it's your relationships, your physical relationship with your body, your communication skills, your environment, like making everything as good as it possibly can be given the circumstances. The second one is reinvention, always being a learner. And there's a whole bunch of components to that. One of which, by the way, is cross you know bi-directional mentorship and learning across generations. I really believe that there's so much for me to learn from people my kids' age and in between and Gen X people and millennials. And that it's it's the old way, right? Is the top-down idea. Oh, the wise people are the men. That's not the story anymore. Now it's cross-pollinating our wisdom and learning from each other and with each other, right? So that's one of the components constantly being being learning, and this is the part I call reinvention, the pillar I call reinvention, constantly be reinventing ourselves, not ossifying in our stories, but always be unfolding and being new every day. The third one is rebranding, and that means not just doing the optimizing and not just doing the reinvention and the growth, but talking about it, telling our stories, sharing it, taking up space with it, right? But then the fourth one is the one that we've already referenced, which is in the vast scheme of things, we can do all the things. But when it comes right, right down to it, the fourth pillar is necessary, too, and that's gracious acceptance. There are certain times when we just have to accept what comes to us, whether we don't like it, and we have to go through all the feelings. And maybe it's grief and maybe it's loss. And you are such a beautiful model Of being all the ways of being human and then doing it publicly. I mean, I think that you are doing all those things. You know, I see all those pillars in you because that's the other thing about artful aging. We don't have to be in our second half of life or in our 50s, 60s, or 70s to artfully age.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I get that. Totally. Thank you so much for that. I feel tears welling up and to to be reflected in that way. But it's true. I I feel you're calling it aging. I'm calling it maturing in my paradigm. It's like I'm. I am finally maturing <laughs> and here I am. Yeah. What you're saying, optimizing what I have to work with, reinventing the story of who I am, reinventing the way that I'm relating to life, my children, my partner, my parents, um, in my self identity and then talking about it, sharing it. And yeah, I would say in my opinion, the graceful acceptance is foundational. It's like, yeah, it, if, if all else fails, I mean, not even if all else fails, just first and foremost accepting this is where I
1: am. (laughs) Well, I have to say that I have gone back and forth in terms of which order I tell it in because Ah. it's not really really a progression. And in fact, when I first started telling it in that order, people said, oh, no, no, I think gracious acceptance has to be first. It is foundational. And the reality is it's not a linear process. They're all important and we dance between them. And they are almost all like lily pads. We jump between them back and forth because gracious acceptance comes... Has to be integrated and interwoven with optimizing and reinventing, and like they're all inter inter interwoven. So
0: absolutely, I I totally agree with that. Um, It stood out to me because for me, it's like oh my god, when I fall apart, it's acceptance that I need, right? But what comes to mind when you're saying this? Of it's like the lily pads, and you're jumping from one to one is in my studies of conscious human evolution is that it's like a spiral. You know, we, we pass something and we grow and then we come right back around with a little bit of new ice, but we got to revisit it and we go around and around in an upwards spiral.
1: Absolutely. And in fact, that's one of the metaphors that I use in my rebranding aging talk is the fact that when we're learning, we are spiraling up. And every time we do, we're reinventing ourselves because that is the true nature of us as women, that we're constantly in recreation of ourselves in the form of a spiral like a phoenix rising.
0: (laughs) Mm, Beautiful. Perfect. Yes.
1: Can I I say one other, can I address one other thing that you mentioned? mm -hmm. The distinction between maturing and aging. Okay. I think it's really important. I love not to make either of them right or wrong at all, but I do want to say that my choice of using aging is as intentional as my choice of letting my hair go gray. And it's partly that for me, for who I am and for part of my story and part of the message that I have and the purpose that I feel I'm in in this particular moment in time is to call aging what it is in order to reclaim it. And so I also have a premise of I say my age. I'm 55 and I say my age because I want to be an alternative to the world in which I meet people in their 30s who are like, I'm not going to say how old I am because they don't want to be limited. Sometimes I notice that my my white hair does make me look older than I would if I dyed my hair. But that's an intentional choice because I believe that part of my role in the world for right now is to claim the age, to claim the white hair, to claim the story of aging as a thing in order to rewrite the stories about it.
0: Yes. Hallelujah. I see that so powerfully in you. I mean, that is, it, it's like, uh, it's like revolutionary. It's revolutionary. (laughs) It's a revolutionary act for someone to do that and hold it in that way. It's so beautiful. And just to clarify the way my brain is processing the word maturing, it in the way that I relate to myself is my inner, my inner maturing. Like there's the outer aging, which I hear, and you're, I, I hear you, oh. but I'm thinking of myself as maturing because there's been so many stagnant inner parts of me that have taken a long time to catch up with the the physical, tangible aging of my body, right? And so I love
1: that so- distinction. I love, I love maturity as a reflection of the inner.
0: Yeah. World
1: of moving forward in, in our growth, spiraling up. <laughs> spiraling um, up. Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I'm so interested to
0: know, and I'm sure listeners will want to hear the story of how did this become important to you? Like, what was the breaking point? What was the revelation? What inspired you to grab aging by the horns and take a stand for it for
1: yourself? I'll tell an abbreviated story that I tell in my Rebranding Aging talk, which is that my children who I homeschooled from, well, for 15 years, from the time my first child was seven until my younger child, who's 15 now, went to school, I saw them growing up and I saw them heading towards leaving the nest and I knew that I wanted to do something different something to come back to myself because I had been a person who prioritized my kids and their education and the collective that was our family and one day I was walking past a dance studio and I looked through the window and I saw what I later discovered were high-level competitive teenage Latin dancers and I thought whatever they're doing I want to do that so I went into the dance studio and I asked all the questions and I knew I wanted I i I went back the next day and asked them again and then I bought a card of 10 lessons. And I left the studio and I never used those card I for 11 months went by and I didn't take one of those lessons and I thought What is going on here and what I recognized was that I was believing this story of too old. It was kind of like this message that said, Lisa, what are you thinking? That's a sexy dance. Those kids have been doing this since they were teenagers. You're 49 years old, who are you kidding? And when I saw that I recognized how deeply this goes in our culture. And in the end, I did go in and I got involved in that dance form and I started competing and I fell in love with it. And a couple years later, I when I was 51 years old I won a world title in my age category in the particular dance form I was dancing and you know I started posting my pictures and I didn't think that much of it it's like oh it's my age category and posting my videos because I was loving it and I started hearing from people you're so inspiring you're so inspiring and I I was I was like really I'm just dancing and I'm just you know, I was diminishing like most of us do, right? Like, oh, it's no big deal. But I heard it often enough, like you said, before we started recording, that sometimes it's people's reflection of you that guides you to what you need to do, Mm -hmm. right? And so I decided that it was for me to tell the story of being this homeschooling mother who really prioritized everyone else to leaping into something that i was passionate about and i started telling that story and telling telling the journey telling about the journey that led me to realizing that it's never too late and we're never too old to do what we're called to do and in telling that story it's evolved into other places too which i could you know i could tell you how i came to the gracious acceptance piece which is as i was telling the story more and more and dancing and performing and talking about finding something that you're passionate about now I started losing things. I lost my mother to pancreatic cancer, and then I lost my marriage unexpectedly. And it made me really go deeper into that question and really recognize that, you know, I can talk about the brilliance of creating a new life and the freedom that we can live powerfully as we age, but in the end, if we're human, we're all going to face grief and loss, and that cannot be separated from the power that is possible in Artful Aging. So that's how I came to that other piece. So that's a bit of the journey. There are obviously more pieces, but that's a yeah. general form. Well,
0: thank you. That's what I was yearning for to hear, and it makes me kind of contextualize Where I met you at in your journey and the evolution, we actually met at a women's public speaking festival in Sedona with Casey Baker, an amazing genius woman and if you want to be a speaker and get your message out there she is the one to study with and um she's just oh my god amazing um or at least go to her festival and be around other like-minded women it's like so powerful it was so powerful to be around people like you it, it was almost too much for me it was like back-to-back powerhouses it
1: and, was amazing and can i just interject that you know the way that we met specifically at the festival was we were in a broke- breakout breakout together we were attendees and I did join her mastermind the next year and that's where I developed the rebranding aging talk but at that time in that year we were both attendees and we were in a small group room and we both were given the chance to do a very short talk impromptually about something about our lives and you blew me away I was you told the story of getting your education and getting your degree and the journey that took you there and it was so memorable and I thought this is someone that I need to know and I feel like our connection started in that room in that moment in a very absolutely, deep
0: absolutely absolutely and then i i totally had my eye on you when you were dancing i remember the dress you were wearing it was like a mauve pink kind of lacy or patterny uh, not lacy but like
1: yeah, lacy or fringy. Pringy. I have a pink one that's very fringy. I have a white one that's lacy. So they might be. Mud- oh, maybe
0: I'm watching <laughs> <mixing> them together. <laughs> and I remember you distinctively, and I I remember the energy. And there there was a there was an energy of sadness there. And I have watched you transform, like completely transform. If you guys can't see her right now, which you can't, she's wearing a furry vest, <laughs> beautiful <laughs> earrings. She's radiating sexy, feminine energy. And it's just been such a joy to watch you blossom in this way. And I'm I'm just so moved by your story and the power of your voice. Like just when just your voice alone is so powerful, Lisa. You're gonna help so many people.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I do, I believe that voice. Is so important and we're all on a journey and I think that's why we resonate so strongly and why you're referencing this journey that I've been on and as I watch you go on your journey too and that I think what I recognize in you that I see in myself is a commitment to living out loud and to learning out loud as a model and as a sort of sisterhood, you know, and so, and and the fearlessness, you know, in being in growth in public. And, you know, there's varying degrees to that. And there's certain times that parts of our stories are meant to be spoken and certain times they're meant to be held until the right time. But, you know, the time that you're referencing and the last couple of years really was that journey for me of losing my mom and and um, losing my marriage and coming back up from that. And I And I do think that When we're in a period of growth or when we're in a life that is committed to growth, we keep on coming back to what I call our superpower. That's why my podcast is called Superpower You Podcast, right? It's like, what's the essence of us that is our strength underneath all of the stages and ages? And for me, it is about voice. It's about performing. It's about sharing. It's about telling, and it's about shining a light on other people and supporting them in finding their voice. Mm. Oh, thank you for recognizing that. I feel seen by that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really, really. I mean, it's, I've been in different circles of women, right? Where I watch them from the ground up and not the ground up, but from the beginning stages of them owning their power right? And then watching what they create with that. <laughs> and we have social media now. So it's like in your face, you can see it and you can feel the vibration. And it's so exciting to, be, to know that I'm a part of that. I get to be a part of that. I get to see that. I get to witness the whole journey and to be a sister among sisters and it not be like who's the best and who's the fastest. It's like, wow, we get to do this together and I get to pull you up wherever I go, whatever connection I make, I'm going to give it to you and vice versa and all this. It's just like incredible. The generosity that I have received from women, even just recently, yesterday, is like so instructional. It's like, yes, this is the new paradigm that you're speaking of.
1: And the new paradigm is so deeply connected to what you just described, which is the power of social media and the internet. I was driving up to my house just half an hour ago thinking, I am so grateful so damn grateful for the internet and for social media because the degree to which I get to have connections that I would never have had access to in the past, the degree to which I get to be connected with people and be inspired and to learn new things and to be constantly feeding my mind with the feed that I choose with the people that I want to follow. I get to design my, social media feed by who I want to be listening to and whose messages I want to be following. I This is unprecedented in my lifetime, you know. Unprecedented,
0: the- thank you for speaking to that at age 55 because these younger people don't understand and even older right. people don't understand what we have at our fingertips. Yeah, And they say, the experts say, we only have about three to five years to really build our online presence before the game is gonna change. It's like a wild west right now and it's available to everyone. Yep. Everyone can get their message out there. You don't have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest into marketing. You can learn, you can link arms with other people who are doing it. You can put yourself out there. You can join groups. You can, you know, connect and search and all of that. It's so powerful. That's what I'm so passionate about teaching people to.
1: I love that you spoke to that, especially generationally and especially to the fact that it's available to all people. One of the things I'm most passionate about right now and where I'm providing my Speak for Yourself trainings and very limited one-on-one coaching is with women my generation who actually don't realize the possibility that's available for them if they can break through to what your generation and younger generations know. And that is that we can show up fully as ourselves. You know, I grew up in an area, I grew up in a time, it wasn't even that long ago, 5, 10, 15 years ago, where people were like, oh, that's too much. Oh, don't yeah. say that, don't share that. And I say that we have so much to learn as baby boomers from the younger generations on what's available to us if we are just willing to take the risk and be courageous and find our story and tell our story. We don't have to have this idea that we're invisible anymore. You know, my generation of women, a lot of times they feel invisible. And I say, well, you're going to be invisible if you don't speak up and take up space. Mm -hmm. And so I am passionate about individual coaching for just a few people around that topic, because I believe so fully that that's the opportunity available to us right now. And you spoke so perfectly to it.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Oh my (laughs) God. It's just like, wow. They, the, it, hearing you speak to it from this angle is it humbles me and makes me grateful for what I've had access to and what came actually natural to me because I just wanted to debunk the shame. I just didn't want <laughs> right. to be alone in my darkness. I didn't know it, it was a way to get my message out. I didn't know that it was a way to reach people. I, I literally have me, bleh, inboxes flooded flooded in my phone, text flooded because of the way that people are touched by the way I show up and take up space. I love that you're using those words, taking up space. And I actually have to like take down some space now because it's like, it's like, okay, now I know how to do this. Now let someone else, now show someone else how to do that.
1: Right. I've seen you a couple of times say that you have to watch or you feel it's important. And I, and I really respect that. And I've, whenever you've posted about this idea of that you want to, pull yourself back in order to make space for other people. I'm really intrigued by it because I think it speaks to that complexity that we have, that if we take up space, I I both recognize the beauty in that and the generosity in that and also see the nuance and the layer that is, that's been the old stories in some ways, there's not enough space for us to all show up. So I have mixed feelings when I hear you say that there's a part Mm -hmm. of me that wants to say, no, Robin, keep on going. We need you to take up this space because you're a model and then there's another part that at the same time recognizes the generosity and wanting to shine the light on other people. And I don't know, maybe both are possible at the same time.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I think it's both. And I and yeah. I hear you. And I so appreciate you giving me sisterly permission to take up space in and, and I and I welcome that into my heart. Something that has shown up is that there I think there is an unconsciousness, um, an unconsciousness around people who really are shining and thriving i think it's important for people who are blessed in that specific way to be socially conscious to be conscious of, of who's around them how are they feeling how how are they taking it and and it's not like it's your responsibility, but it's like, I can afford, in my perspective, I can afford to take a step back. I can afford to let this person raise their hand and give their voice or whatever, because not everybody has my level of enthusiasm. Not everybody has the courage in the things. I feel that I'm, I am extra blessed and I feel it's kind of a social responsibility. And that didn't all come just by me, my doing. It's been very difficult lessons that have been impressed upon me through deep medicine work and through elders actually. (laughs) And, and I, I, I trust you. And I believe that there is a thread of the old paradigm there. And also I feel it's important for me to be integrity with myself, to listen and pay attention to who's around me. That's too afraid to step up.
1: You know what you are so Right. And so beautifully said and so beautifully shared. And I think both are true, but you're right. You're right. And I have a lot of learning myself on that count. too. So I, I really appreciate you describing that and articulating that in such a clear way, because there's learning and growth for me in that too. And I think it is a subtlety and it is a nuance and it is a listening and a paying attention to when is the right time to speak up and to take up space. And when is the right time to Make space for someone who, for whom it's maybe not as easy, or they're not as enthusiastic, or they're not as extroverted or articulate, or they just aren't come as naturally to them for all the different reasons it could be. So I really honor deeply your speaking that into truth and you acknowledging that and recognizing that in such a way that I can see that as a growth, a growth area for me too. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, and it you know it's funny because it's actually come up a lot with close friends and and they i've i have ruffled some feathers in the past and 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 had to be really listening to them and it's one sister in particular that i'm thinking of we were in a congress and it, it was a group of leaders and she was just so afraid to use her voice and i'm the one raising my hand i'm the one being asked to speak i'm the one this i'm the one that and she's like and i interrupted her accidentally one time yeah. and that was it and she let me know what that felt like. And I heard her so deeply and and it broke my heart for a moment because I I saw her. I saw her little girl in her that wanted to be heard and was just so scared. And it was so easy for me and it would be so easy for me to just shut up <laughs> and let her shine. And so I make it a conscious effort to let other people shine. And I, it's something that I learned a long time ago probably in a group home or some um institution as an adolescent where they called it step up step down Mm -hmm. it's like the step up step down rule is it a time to step up or is it a time to step down and so i I just keep that in my consciousness but also i too am in a growing phase of how big can i be Mm -hmm. how big will i allow myself to be can i make more money than my partner is that okay Mm -hmm. is that okay (laughs) you know i'm definitely in that phase too in that growth phase around
1: that Uh, that's just so deep
0: So Lisa, I also would really love to hear what are your current offerings that you've been working on? Like what's most alive for you?
1: Well, I do have my podcast and I love shining the light on people through that, just basically segueing from what we're just talking about, that I love to speak and I love to show up. And I partly created my podcast to do that, but I largely want to also like make space for other people celebrate other people so my Super pair you podcast is really important to me it's really precious but I also do uh, I also work as a host for hire for aligned brands where I will interview their stakeholders or their experts or their ambassadors in order to help them develop content that promotes their brand and that serves their audience and I love doing that if it's an aligned brand and then I do the speak for yourself trainings That I mentioned already. I used my past as a film and television actor to help small businesses and solopreneurs and entrepreneurs capitalize on the messages that make them unique. Mm. And so I do that in small groups. But the thing I'm really most excited about excited about right now is a new offering called Life Legacies. And Life Legacies is an individualized and very high-touch interview session with an individual or their loved ones which is intended to capture their life stories for the future for their children and for their grandchildren and the way i describe it is that most of us have loved ones that we intend to capture their stories we intend to write down their messages and their quotes and or maybe even film them but most of us actually never get around to it and I know from the loss of my mom, as my mom was dying of pancreatic cancer in the last few weeks of her life, I felt myself just reaching out and wanting something of her, something of hers, her lock of her hair, item of her clothing. But really what I wanted most was what I wanted was her stories and I wanted them in her own voice. And in those last weeks, I was able to record some conversations with her, but I can tell you that they were very different conversations than the ones I might've had if I had recorded them in advance. And then I, after my mom died, I recorded an interview with my 96 year old aunt about her experience during the Japanese Canadian internment in the war. And a couple of weeks after that, she had a stroke and she couldn't speak anymore. And she's now in rehab trying. And I'm so grateful. I was able to publish that interview a while back. And now I'm so grateful to have it because she's one of the last remaining people of that time period but the point is that your loved one's stories matter and your loved one's stories might be different from mine but they're precious and they're important and sometimes it takes actually losing someone to realize how precious they are and so i tell people that if you're going to record your loved one's stories great i'm really happy But if there's anything in the way in terms of your relationship with them, or if there is a chance that you just won't get around to it, then I'm offering Life Legacies, which is a pre-planned, structured conversation that's recorded with your loved one. Or with you, if you have a story, if it's a person, one of your listeners has a story that they want to leave their legacy behind. And I am really great at creating. And I take the idea of fertile listening from Casey Baker, as we've already mentioned. And I'm really good at creating a fertile space in which to have people feel comfortable and celebrated and acknowledged. And I have real deep conversations with them as a life legacy for their family members to have forever. And so Life Legacies is the thing I'm really most excited about. I'm doing 12 interviews before I do my full launch in the spring at a discounted price because I'm evolving a lot of the branding and some of the packaging and all that stuff. So I'm offering this discounted thing just so I can really build the offering out in the way that I want it to be when I actually formally launch. So that's the thing I'm really excited about, Life, Le- Life Legacies. That is so brilliant and
0: meets such a powerful need, such an important need. I'm so connected to the life and death cycle like, like so deeply. And I'm thinking about this all the time. I even took a part-time job when I, after I had my head injury with a 94-year-old man and his daughter flew out from Massachusetts, or no, Chicago, and she was recording him desperately and going through all his boxes and looking at pictures. And I'm just watching him and he, I was with him every day and him, you know, showing me his memorabilia and just the nostalgia and just thinking about life and seeing his younger pictures and all the things he's proud of. It's like so precious. And I think my parents are awesome. Like, yeah, they made a lot of mistakes, but they are awesome. I want to hear all their stories. And so I'm compelled to get that from my parents from you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for seeing that need so clearly.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think it's exactly true is that we, especially again, going back to the stories we were telling before about social media and how your generation and younger are used to showing up the older generations above us aren't necessarily and they need a fertile space, a fertile, a fertile listening space in which to feel free to tell the stories. And they, you know, we haven't historically had any record of them. So you know, you're gonna, you and I, we have all this recordings and stuff that our kids can have behind us, but some older generations haven't had the opportunity to really get some of their content, some of their stories, some of their history, some of their legacy actually recorded for posterity. And so that's what I want to change for people.
0: That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Oh, are there any last words, Lisa? Thank you so much. Is there any last words that you want to leave our listeners with in regards to aging gracefully and honoring life?
1: Wow. I I don't, you know, I think you've just created and facilitated and walked me through such a beautiful conversation and you're such a great interviewer yourself. And I feel that I got an opportunity to talk about so many of the things that are important to me. And touched on all of the things around artful aging and I got to share the pillars of artful aging and the offering. So I'd have to just say that no I'm really grateful to know you and I'm so grateful to have had this conversation and to be sisters in this journey of rising up together and creating new stories for ourselves and for the people around us mm-hmm. and for you know making making new stuff happen. New stuff!
0: I'm so happy for you, to know you, Lisa, and to be seen by you in this way is just really precious to me. I, I value how powerful you are, and to be seen by you and be in sisterhood with you is like super cool, super special.
1: Yeah, back at you.
0: Thank you so <laughs> much. So, how can our listeners get a hold of you to learn more about your programs or to connect?
1: I pretty much post everything at lisabl.com, which is where my podcast, there are links to my podcast, links to most of my offerings. You can follow the Super Power You podcast, and that's the letter U on any podcast platform or at lisabl.com. And if you're particularly interested in the Life Legacies, currently I'm hosting that at lisabl.com slash Life Legacies. And it'll have its own place on the internet in the future, but for now, during the beta period, that's where it is. Oh, and I'm on, and also Instagram. Instagram, I'm most, I do most of my personal social media on Instagram at Lisa Bl.
0: Oh, yes. We love Instagram. Instagram's so good these days. That's where a lot of people are at. So go ahead and check out the show notes. I'm going to post her links there where you can reach Lisa on Instagram and her site. And yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Thank, thank you. you. All right. <laughs> Till next time, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cosmic Creatrix Podcast. I hope that this episode has touched you in some kind of way. You can definitely support us by going ahead and subscribing and leaving a bomb review. This will help us reach more women and impact worldwide. And I'd love to connect with you more on Instagram around topics of healing and conscious entrepreneurship. So follow me on Instagram at @RobinRiveraIgnites. And if you like to see how I work with people, go ahead and check out my website, RobinRiveraIgnites.com. Join us next week for more feminine wisdom, inspiration, and practical tools for the modern day magical woman. See you next time.